0: Thank mm-hmm. you. fans, to episode number 193 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably, low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Today, we get got a very special crossover episode with Mr. Hunter Hodes of Locked On Penguins. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Rangers' recent hire of Jacques Martin. He, of course, spent the last seven seasons as an assistant coach with the Penguins. So, Hunter's going to give us a little bit of insight as far as his coaching style, his coaching philosophy, and all that good stuff. And after that, we're going to take a quick look at free agency and the Stanley Cup playoffs in general. And then we're going to conclude the episode by bashing these god awful commercials that we've all been forced to endure while watching the Stanley Cup playoffs this season. I don't know what's going on there. It's like the NHL just purposely uh, chose a bunch of commercials that would make all of our ears bleed. But be that as it may, here is our conversation once again. with Hunter Hodies of Locked on Penguins. Enjoy. All right. Welcome back, everyone. We've got a special crossover episode for you guys. Say this is John Chick with Locked on New York Rangers, joined by Hunter Hodies of Locked on Penguins. Hunter, how are we doing today, buddy?
1: Not doing too, too bad, man. You know, just another day in paradise as we keep going through the playoffs and, you know, just through the whole pandemic and everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know that obviously both of us would want our team to still be alive at this point, but the Stanley Cup playoffs are still the Stanley Cup playoffs, and they've definitely been a lot of fun to watch. And hey, we're going to get at least one game seven this round with uh, the Avalanche and the Stars there, which just been a crazy series.
1: Yeah, it looked like we weren't going to get any game sevens or game sixes, as every series was three games to one. But looks like we may have a team that actually comes back from a
0: three games to one deficit. So
1: we'll see how that game seven goes. I'm really excited to watch it.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I figure we'll jump right into this here. Uh, The obvious connection here with Rangers and Penguins is that your assistant coach is now our assistant coach. The Rangers hiring Jacques Marte to uh, the position of assistant coach. He essentially replaces Lindy Ruff. Uh, What are your general thoughts upon hearing that, you know, the Rangers have hired Marte as a coach? And do you think this is a good hire for the Rangers?
1: Yeah, no, he, he's a really, really good hire. He's a big upgrade over Lindy Ruff. I, I would always see a lot of Rangers fans go at Lindy Ruff because the defensive numbers under him that look like we're kind of piss poor. But, you know, he'll bring a different um, voice to the room, a different element. When him and Mike Sullivan were running their defensive system and when it was working, they would do a 1-2-2 two, two neutral zone trap. Um, it, it didn't show – it wasn't as good the last couple of years just for obvious reasons with the personnel, but when it was really going – um, a lot of teams just would not get chances. I mean, early on this season, it, the blueprint was there at times, especially when, you know, Cindy Crosby was out, and Chris Tang missed, missed some games, and Kenny Malkin missed some games. and They would just play better defensively, and they would actually stick to the blueprint. But when they would all come back, it would just go to all hell. But, you know, in 2016 and 2017, that neutral zone trap just frustrated a lot of teams. Um, he does really good work on the penalty kill. The Penguins' penalty kill was always mostly top 10 under Jacques Martin. So, um that should be an area of improvement there for the rangers um but yeah i think this someone like adam fox will really benefit from martin you know just with his defensive system and you know he did he did also trap a lot when he was the head coach so you know he'll bring that kind of thing to the rangers but you know i do really think this is going to be a good hire for them
0: yeah for sure and uh you know the rangers penalty kill unit it's a unit that has definitely struggled over the last couple seasons part of that is it's just the byproduct of having a young team and uh you know just trying to figure it out and put all the pieces together but i mean is he good enough that he can come in and you know maybe at least make this i mean a bare minimum like at least an average penalty kill next season to maybe slightly above average. can he make that kind of an impact right away yeah
1: yeah i I absolutely think he can i mean our penalty kill was pretty good before he got here but he transformed it into a really 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 real unit um, when he did get here, like I said, it was like top five, top ten most of the seasons. Um, he should be able to get yours to at least average, especially you know as your younger players start to get older. You know they get more experience. Um, he's very experienced with dealing with penalty kills and being a defensive minded coach. So I really think he can get that going. And, you know, get the Rangers um, playing better defense. I think in front of their goaltenders.
0: And uh, at the end of the season, I wanted to get your reaction to this. He's let go by the Penguins, so is Sergei Gonchar, so is Mark Recchi. And I just wanted to know, um, were you in favor of the Penguins? I mean, obviously, Mike Sullivan's still there. But were you in favor of the Penguins kind of cleaning house there? Or did that seem a little too extreme, given that, you know, they've won two Stanley Cups. And I believe all three of those guys were there for the two Stanley Cup championship teams. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, Mar- Mark Recchi was, I don't think, was he... I don't, I'm not sure. Was he there for 2016-17? I don't think he was. I'm not
0: 100. percent I thought Rick I remember Hockett seeing that, Hockett, but yeah.
1: yeah. I think Rekka was still there. Rekki Rick, Rick came after that. So yeah, this is when I was recording an episode and I was talking about that, I'm like, yeah, I kind of expected Mark Rekki to go. He just was terrible with the power play. It was unacceptable how bad the power play was this season. It was like hovering at barely average with two of the best players in the world. I know you're without Phil Kessel, who just makes the power play even bet much better, but to have an average power play with two of the best players in the world, that's just unacceptable. Um, he was just so out of his league. But then, you know, I was like, I think they're going to bring Martin and Gonchar back. And so after I post the episode, they're all fired. So I was basically just like, don't listen to that episode. But, I mean, I was really surprised they did fire Gonshar. Um, I think he was—he did a good job with the defenseman, And, you know, he, he turned Eric Goodrance into a semi-decent player for a little bit before he was traded. No one can save Jack Johnson because he's just unsavable at this point. Um, Martin, I wasn't as, I mean, I was surprised, but I guess like not as surprised as like Gonshar, I guess. But the big thing is they want new fresh voices in the room. That's, that's the way to go about it. They're not going to fire Mike Sullivan. I saw people wanting to fire Mike Sullivan after this run. I think those people are a little bit delusional. I'd give them at least another half of the season. And if the team doesn't improve it or if they're just average, maybe you think about canning him, you have potentially his replacement on the staff. Right now in Volucci, but you know, I I wasn't surprised that one of them was fired. Two of them, I was kind of surprised, but in the end, I'm fine with it. It gets fresh new voices in the room, fresh new ideas, and hopefully they can push Mike Sullivan to make some potential better decisions with the lineup because he was definitely not blameless in that first round series against Montreal with his roster management.
0: Right. I mean, it sounds like from what you're saying, Mark Reckie was probably going to be gone no matter what. I mean, maybe if the yeah. Penguins would have gone on a Stanley Cup run and maybe then he would have been OK. But, um, you know, obviously the qualifying round lost to the Montreal Canadiens, that leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouths. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think the other two guys may have been safe if they had at least gotten past Montreal? Or do you think they were gone no matter what?
1: Yeah, that that's a good question. Um. I think they may have been able to come back. I think their contracts were up after this season anyway, so Jim Rutherford was, would have to make a decision, one way or another. Um, I think they probably would have kept Gonchar. And I was speaking to a couple of beat reporters for the Penguins, and they told me that you know they were really surprised that Gonchar was let go just because of how much the organization respects him and just you know the, the job that he's done there. They also wouldn't be surprised if he comes back in another capacity, though. I think that would be kind of weird, especially after he was just let go. But Martin. I, that's tough. I think maybe he would have left, but I think Gonshar would have stayed, I, I think, is my guess on that.
0: Gotcha. And uh, I saw you did an episode on Todd Reardon yesterday. He begins his second stint with the Penguins. He's mm-hmm. a new assistant coach. Uh, Mike Volucci, another uh, new assistant coach for the Penguins. Uh, do you feel good about these hires? Do you, do you like these guys that they've brought in?
1: Yeah, I'm fine with Todd Reardon coming back. Reardon was really never cut out to be a head coach. I mean, I think everyone saw that with the Washington Capitals, how they just had two first-round exits in a row. It's kind of been over his head. But the one thing that he does know how to do very well, um, well, two things. You know, he, he, does, he runs a very, very good power play. Um, When the Penguins, when he was coaching the power play, I think it was 2010, 2014, they finished top 10 in the league every season. I think the best – they finished was third. Maybe they, they were first one year, but I know they were definitely third in one of those years. And this was before Phil Kessel came in, who of course transformed the power play into one of the best power plays this team has ever seen. But you know, he just he knows how to run a power play, which is really, really, really good. It can't be worse than it was this last season. He'll instill some new ideas with that. He also works well with defenseman Chris Tang at some of his best seasons of his career when he was with Todd Reardon. So getting Chris back to that level, I mean, Chris did go to another level after Reardon left in 2015-16, but if Chris can get back to that level and to a level that he was when Reardon was here, that would be um, very, very good as well. He also can work with Brian Dumoulin, who just continues to excel, John Marino, um, Marcus Pedersen, all that. And then with Vellucci, I think this is a slam dunk too. I know he's never coached in the NHL. he's just mostly been in the minor leagues, but you know, he's overseen the development of someone like JT Miller and James Neal and Tyler Sagan, so... You know, he's, he's been around the league for a long time. I mean, like I said, I know he hasn't coached in the NHL, but he's just been around the game a long time. He's been around Jim Rutherford for, for a long time. Um, I wasn't surprised when he was promoted. And I said it earlier. I said it yesterday on my episode, too. If, if the team struggles next season and Mike Sullivan is canned somehow, um, he decided that he's going to replace Mike Sullivan. They will not give the keys to Todd Reardon, that's for sure.
0: Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why are often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store We sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Shifting gears a little bit, I thought we could kind of turn our attention to free agency as, you know, Penguins fans and Ranger fans, we all kind of start to look toward the off season. Uh, I'm noticing the Penguins. It looks like they have 10 free agents and I'm sure you're aware of them, but I'll I'll just run through the list really fast for anyone who may not be. You've got Justin Schultz, Matt Murray, Connor Sheary, Jared McCann, Sam Lafferty, Anthony Angelo, Dominique Simon, Uh, Tristan Yeri, Yuso Ricola, and Patrick Marlowe are out of this whole list. Are there one or two guys that you really need to see back with the Penguins next season? I mean, do you want to see Matt Murray back, the goalie situation? Uh, Just give me a feel for that if you can.
1: Uh, Two of them, Tristan Jari and Jared McCann. Um, Tristan Jari is going to get signed. I think they are going to trade Matt Murray. There's been a lot of Matt Murray trade rumors last couple days it looks like it might be a bidding war which is nice for me hopefully Jim Rutherford can get a nice return for him and a team can overpay for a two-time Stanley Cup champion goalie but I think Connor Sherry is going to walk I wouldn't be surprised if they did re-sign him but I think he's gone though I just really don't see the room for him coming back marlowe has gone Justin Schultz is gone I can tell you John that um, I was talking to a couple of beat reporters and the organization was not happy with Justin Schultz and the way that he came into the bubble and the way he played, but yeah, he still somehow got a lot of ice time. He's gone though. So that opens up a spot on the third pairing. Um, Uso Rikla is in Mike Sullivan's doghouse. He's probably not coming back. <laughs> Sam Lackford might be back maybe on a short-term little deal. Dominic Simone might be back, but Jerry McCann, I think should come back. I know he's been the subject of trade rumors lately, but it's, You got to give him new competent linemates. He just, it wasn't right when he was with Marlowe and Hornquist on that third line in the playoffs. It was just, that line was just there and the possession numbers were just terrible and they weren't getting a lot of scoring chances. And I just want to see McCann with two competent wingers on the third line so that he can play center because I do think he is a good center. And a lot of his struggles were because of his shooting percentage tanked. So. I think it would be wise to give him a new contract, but, you know, if he's going to ask for $4 million per, you know, you might have to say no to that. Um, everyone else, I honestly think, is going to walk. They just don't have the cap space. I know they kind of want to cut salary um, just because of, you know, COVID and everything like that. So there's probably only a couple of their RFAs, UFAs combined that they're going to bring back.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. You just touched on this a little bit, but it's crazy how much of a difference it can make depending on who you're out there with. Because you look at with the Rangers, you know, Ryan Strom, he's going to be a restricted free agent this mm-hmm. offseason. And it's a situation where, you know, it seems about 50-50, although I'm, I'm kind of starting to see some whispers that, you know, maybe the Rangers are going to get a deal done with him. But, you know, he's a guy who's kind of been a journeyman and then this past year has the best season of his career. And I mean, listen, he deserves credit for that, but it's also due at least in part to the fact that he's out there with Artemi Panarin every single night, and we saw what he did this season. But it really is crazy how much of a difference it can make, how much better somebody can look, just depending on, you know, who their line mates are.
1: Yeah, that that is, that is pretty crazy to me. I mean, Pascal Dupli played with Sidney Crosby after playing on like the third and fourth lines uh, for some of his career, and then he had his career season, and they, they paid him. But, you know, I think his contract was a little too rich, even though I do really like Pascal Dupuis as a player so yeah when you're playing with Artemi Pinheiro your numbers are going to grow up you know same as playing I think with any star so but yeah I think you in those contract negotiations they're going to have to be pretty careful because you know do you think he can repeat this next year if they play 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 if they play him with him or if they play him in the bottom six or whatever that's I think going to be the big question um with that I guess
0: yeah it's crazy man because you know the Rangers have eight free agents right now and you know some of them are restricted some of them are unrestricted but the bottom line is With just about all of them, you can really make a solid case either way for either bringing them back or letting them walk. I mean, with Ryan Strom, as you just mentioned, can he do this again? How much of this is because he was out there with Artemi Panarin? Is there going to come a time where, you know, we'll have a better second line center and Ryan Strom will move down to the third line and then his production? you know, tails off. And then you've got guys like, you know, Tony D'Angelo. He just had a, ph- a phenomenal season for the Rangers, but can he do it again? And do they really need him, given the fact that they have other two-way defensemen, such as guys like Adam Fox and Jacob Truba, and even, you know, coming down the pipe in future years here, we're going to see K. Andre Miller and Nils Lundqvist at some point as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, man. I, I'm glad I'm not the Ranger GM. I'm glad I'm not uh, the one in charge of all these decisions, because, you know, I've been spending a lot of time on free agency. You really can't make a case both ways for a lot of these players. And I'm sure it's just kind of the same deal with the Penguins as well.
1: Yeah. It's going to be a crazy market and a crazy off season, especially with the flat cap. I think you're going to see some teams try to shed salary any way they can with the COVID situation. And just, you know, they're not going to try to pay these players what they want because just because with the flat cap, the cap's not going to go up for the next couple of seasons. It was expected to go up a lot these next couple of seasons, but you know, this happened and, Teams are going to have to live with it. You know, Seattle is probably licking their chops right now with some of the free agents and the players that they can get in the expansion draft because some of these teams aren't, aren't going to be able to apply, to pay some of the players that are up soon. So um, it's just it's going to be a crazy offseason with these RFAs um, and UFAs. I'm hoping we get an offer sheet at some point. You know, we saw one last year with um, uh, his. Uh, it's uh, his name is it's one of the it's the Carolina player, and it's just killing me that I can't. Oh, Sebastian Alho. Yeah. There you just, go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I I just didn't think of it for a second. But yeah, so we saw one last offseason. Really hoping maybe we get another one this offseason, but I'm not going to hold my
0: breath for it. I mean, is there any chance that you could see the Penguins uh, going after one of these top tier free agents from around the league? I mean, it sounds like, you know, the Penguins, from what you're telling me, they're kind of just going to focus on their own guys. I mean, we do have, you know, these big name free agents like Alex Peter Angel, like Taylor Hall, like Tori Krug. Uh, is there any chance the Penguins make a play here, or do you think that's out of their price range at this time?
1: Yeah, way out of their price range. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're trying to cut salary anyway. they they got to dump some more salary, and you know, Steg could be traded. Um, praying that Jack Johnson gets off this team so that the team can contend again, but Jim Rutherford seems to make have this personal and just have it out for the fan base It just doesn't like him. But, I'm not <laughs> that, but.
0: Um,
1: There's Patrick Hornquist could potentially be on the trading back. His trading block is $5.3 million. Is a bit too rich right now. I know he had his rejuvenated season, but you know, that cap hit is just going to look, I think, worse and worse as a couple of the years go by. But it's just, I think a lot of these big name free agents are out of their price range. One free agent, though, that could be cheap that I would really like them to go out and get is Dylan DeMello. He can play on the right side on the third pairing. Probably sign him into like a one or two year deal for about just a couple million per season. He's a free agent again. He was a free agent last year. He went to Ottawa, then he was traded to Winnipeg. So, He'd be the perfect Justin Schultz replacement. His elite defensive suppression numbers he can move the puck. He would just be a really good fit in Mike Sullivan's system. So that those are the kind of players that I think, you know, the penguins are going to try and go after
0: just one of those, some of those lower tier price players. That's kind of what I've been thinking the Rangers are going to do as well. I mean, I don't know that this is the season to really go nuts in free agency, because if you look at, you know, you Google, uh you know, a list of the top free agents available on top 25 free agents, top 30 free agents. And, you know, you look at it and there's good players, no doubt. Take nothing away from these guys. But I kind of get the feeling that a lot of these guys are going to be end up being overpaid because I don't know that this is the deepest free agent class that you've ever seen. And so if you're the Rangers, you know, every now and then you'll go on social media and you'll say, oh, man, we should go after Torrey Krug. And, you know, Tory Krug's a great player. But again, you know, you're kind of if you get Torrey Krug, you're probably going to be paying him, I don't know, five and a half, six million a year somewhere in there. And you already have several two-way defenseman on your team so you're kind of going to handcuff yourself as far as what you can do in future years so i just don't know whether you're the rangers the penguins or really anyone else i don't know that this is the year to really go nuts in free agency unless you're one of those teams that thinks like man we are alex peterangelo away from winning the stanley cup or we're tory krug away from winning the cup or we're yeah. robin Leonard away from winning the cup you know what i mean so yeah
1: unless unless they have like a lot of salary cap space you know you look at a team like colorado they have a ton of cap space i think Going the season, they have to be careful because they have a couple of extensions they're going to have to do coming up. I think Rant, and is going to be up in a couple of years. I think Ranton is going to be up in a couple of years. So you know they'll have to worry about that. But you know they have a lot of cap space right now. I definitely see a team like that. I mean, my question is how many of these big name free agents are even going to make it to free agency? I think the Blues are going to re-sign Petrangelo, but it's going to be pricey. And for Krug, he's probably going to want over six million. It's probably going to be closer to seven to eight, if I had to guess. But yeah, it's just, you know, a lot of GMs just make mistakes in free agency. And you know, I, don't, I think, don't think this year will be any different. I think you'll still see some mistakes. You know, you have the goaltending market, especially with Braden Holpe, some team is going to overpay him way too much, even though he was bad this season. So I'm just I'm just fascinated to see, you know, what how teams approach this free agency in just such a different time that we're in right now.
0: It's going to be very interesting. And, you know, the first day of free agency is always nuts. Everybody just kind of hits the ground running and, you yeah. know, players sign with teams faster than you can even, you know, tweet about it, really. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it as well, man. And, you know, it, it really is going to be crazy. Um, with the Penguins, though, let me, let me just kind of play devil's advocate a little bit here. So, obviously, you know, Crosby, Malkin, they're getting into their early to mid-30s at this point. A couple guys on that team getting a little bit older. Uh, Chris Tang is another one. Um, is there any pressure to kind of, I don't know, maybe not this year, but next year in free agency to kind of add to this team before the the quote unquote window closes? I mean, are we at that point with the Penguins or you feel like they can still be a you know, a very good team for a lot of years going forward with that same core group?
1: No, I think they're at that point. You know, there's probably only about a couple, two to three years left before this really, really starts to go downhill and they get the Crosby Malkin to around like 35, 36, 37 years of age. Um, after the 2022 season, uh, Malkin's contract is up. Tang's contract is up. captain's contract is up. And, you know, it's just – it's going to be pricey to retain You know some of these players. A lot of these players are just up after that season. I think Brian Russ's contract is up after that season or the season after that. So it's just – yeah, there's a lot of pressure to add, you know, for going into next season and going into the season after that. I mean, that's why they traded their first-round pick. I didn't agree with the asset management for captain and trade. But, you know, I guess it's a mute point now because Rutherford just really didn't give a shit about it. But, you know, the time is now, you know, they're trying to get that fourth Stanley Cup for them. I don't know if it's going to happen, but you're, you're going to probably see them trade more assets to get more players to come in. They're not going to really sign anyone for agency like I just talked about because they're trying to cut salary and they're just too far up against the cap. But, yeah, it's really about just two to three years more of this window before, you know, it really, really starts to just slam shot
0: as they just get
1: well in their mid thirties and into their late thirties. If we're being honest.
0: Yeah, I hear you. And you know, the thing I keep telling Ranger fans, I've kind of been preaching patience as far as, you know, cause they definitely took a step in the right direction this year. You know, that second half surge and getting into the 2014 playoff tournament, getting some playoff experience and all that good stuff. But I don't want them to kind of overextend themselves and go reaching for free agents that maybe they shouldn't. And, <laughs> you know, you have to keep in, you have to keep in mind as well. You know, they've got guys, this guy, Mika Zibanejad, you've probably heard of, you know, in two years, he's going to have to be paid. So you have to make sure that you have some cap space available for that. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, again, I just don't think this is the strongest free agent class that we've ever seen. And the other thing after, after this next season ends, Brennan Smith, Mark Stahl, Henrik Lundqvist, all free agents, all their contracts coming off the books. And I think at this point, probably fair game to say that all those guys are probably overpaid. So maybe if you're the Rangers next year, maybe that's the market to dive into. I haven't had a chance to take a look at who will be a free agent around the league next season, but definitely uh, I I could see them maybe being a little bit more aggressive than maybe they will be this year.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely thinking that too. And, you know, I, I just wonder if that was Henry Lundqvist last hurrah, because, you know, you have those two young goaltenders in that next season. So I wonder if they're going to try to like buy him out, you know, ask him if he wants to retire that. I think that's going to be a fascinating story as we go into free agency is yeah. I don't know if he would want to play for another team. I think he just really likes it in New York from everything I've read. So that, that would be a big chunk of salary off your cap too. I think it's like what seven to 8 million that he makes. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a fascinating situation. I'm really, really curious to see if he calls it quits just during this off season.
0: Yeah. There's so many different ways that this could go. And I don't think any of them are off the table. I mean, he could retire. It's possible that maybe they talk him into waving the no move clause and you mm-hmm. trade him to a, a contending team. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely optimistic about the direction that the Rangers are heading. But by that same token, do I think they're going to win the Stanley Cup next year and give Henrik Lundqvist the storybook ending to his career? No, I really don't. Um, so I would love to see him, if he's up for it, uh, waving his no move clause and accepting a trade to a team like, you know, maybe the Blues. You know, they might be looking for a backup goalie after they just traded Jake Allen. Maybe a team like the Avalanche, uh, a team that gives him a chance to win the Stanley Cup, even in a backup role. Hey, the Stanley Cup is still the Stanley Cup. You still get your name on it. So I would love to see that. But but then there's this part of me that's like, oh, but man, he could play his whole career with the Rangers. And that's pretty cool because nobody ever does that anymore. Nobody ever spends their whole career with one team. So, yeah, it's crazy. And then uh, a big X factor here. I mean, we all know Igor Shesterkin going to be back next year. He's going to be the man. He's hopefully going to be the franchise goalie. But you've got Alex Georgiev, who's a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. And I i think a lot of Ranger fans and analysts are counting it as a little bit more of a slam dunk than I am, that he's going to be back next season. Because the Rangers, they tend not to really pay their backup goalies. So I could see maybe a trade being worked out there, or maybe he just gets a better offer being a restricted free agent and ends up somewhere else. And that could open the door for Lundqvist to stay for one more season just finish out his career with the Rangers. But yeah, man, it is an absolutely fascinating situation. I think you... Hit the nail on the head with that word because again, this this could go one of about three, four, five, six different ways here with Henrik Lundqvist.
1: Yeah, uh, that's going to be really, really interesting to watch. Yeah, Jeff Gordon has a big decision to make with with those goaltenders. It's not going to be an easy one, probably one way or the other, because you know you're not really going to have three goalies going into next season. That's just that just can't happen. So something's going to have to give. You know, maybe a team like Calgary could use Henrik Lundqvist. I don't know if they're going to sign back Cam Talbot. He'll be goalie needing. I mean. Chicago is going to need a goalie if they don't want to resign Corey Crawford. There's just the goalie market is just really, really big this offseason. It's bigger than it has been in a long time. Yeah. So um a lot of teams are gonna be looking for new goalies. So that's just that that's that's I think that's the big talk of this
0: offseason is the goaltending market, to be honest with you. Absolutely. Definitely gonna be interesting to track there. And uh, you know, I figure uh we can end this maybe with uh doing a couple of predictions. Uh I'm going to put you on the spot here, Hunter. Who do you think is going to lift the Stanley Cup this season? Who you got?
1: Oh, man. Uh, This is – I'm going to go Tampa. Tampa's really, really impressing me right now. I think Vegas can take them. That series would go seven games if both of those meet in the Stanley Cup final. But um, I like Tampa too much right now. They're giving me some 2018 Capitals vibes. I hate to say that, but they really are. It's not the team that embarrassed them in the first round in Columbus. and They Crushed Boston, I know, without two Rouse, but still, Yarsav Halak is a very capable goaltender. Us Penguins fans would know that far too well, as well as Capitals fans. So, but, I mean, that Boston team was also really, really good. But I just don't think Philadelphia or the Islanders can beat for them four out of seven times. I know the Islanders have been really impressive. The little stingy system that Barry Tross runs is very boring to watch. It's annoying to watch, but, you know, <laughs> it's effective. So, yeah. Um, they're going to keep doing it until they're eliminated or until they somehow win, but. You know, I just—I really Tampa. They're just so deep at every position. Their forwards are incredible. Their defense—they have the X-factor in Vasilevsky. Um, I do think Vegas is going to meet them there. I don't think, um, I just don't think Vancouver is going to beat them two more times. They kind of—they got really lucky in Game Five that their goaltender just turned into God for 60 minutes and decided.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much what happened,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think they outshot them 43 to 17, and he just. Was like, yeah, I'm going to be God for 60 minutes and just not let anything pass me. That's then, for Demko, right? Yes, it was Demko, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised yeah. they bent Nordstrom for that, but it worked. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I want to see Colorado go against Vegas, though, but, I mean, who knows what's going to happen in that Game 7, though, to be honest, but I think it's going to be Vegas-Tampa in the final.
0: Fair enough. I think I'm going to go with Tampa. I mean, it, that's kind of the pick to make right now in the Eastern Conference, because we don't know who's going to come out of Philly and, and the Islanders, but... Yeah. uh yeah. I think you made a great comparison there. Uh, you know, comparing this Tampa Bay lightning team to the 2018 capitals, that team that's been knocking on the door and knocking on the door and knocking on the door. And then, yeah. you know, finally ends up breaking through uh, sooner or later, you know, that the talent just kind of shines through. I could definitely see Tampa getting to the finals. I'll take them to win the East, but I'm going to stick with, uh, in the preseason, I said, avalanche over Maple Leafs in the finals. So. Okay. We, yeah. I didn't do so well with the Maple Leafs. We saw what happened there. They, they choked again in the first round, but, uh, yeah, I've got to stick with the Avalanche at this point, especially that they've won games five and six in the series against the Stars and uh, might be able to complete the 3-1 comeback, which would be uh, very a lot of fun to see.
1: Yeah, that would be that would be a really fun – that's going to be a fun game seven to watch. I don't know if they can beat Vegas in seven ga- in a seven-game series. Vegas can just roll two number one lines at you like it's nothing and they're just a juggernaut right now, but that would just be um, – I-, I think everyone's rooting for a Vegas call on the Western Conference final, so <laughs> – Yeah, Uh, yeah, for sure. I I would love if Colorado came out of the West, though, I will say that.
0: Definitely. And uh, now, is there anyone you would like to see win the Stanley Cup? You know, forget about who you think is going to win. Just any team that you're pulling for for one reason or another.
1: Yeah, Colorado, for sure. I love Nathan McKinnon. I think he's a top three player on the planet right now. They're just a fun team to watch. I love watching Kel McCarr, Rantanen, Landis Cog. I mean, hopefully Grubauer can come back. Um, I'm also a big Dallas Stars fan. I know they kind of play a little bit of boring hockey, not as boring as the Islanders, but still, you know, I love watching Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan and Rajalov do their thing. And I, Miro Heiskanen is going to win a Norris someday. He's just blossoming into a star. Um, also, wouldn't mind if Tampa wins. But, you know, the big two that I would really like seeing win are Dallas and Colorado. I really, really wouldn't care if I'm Tampa won too. But um, also, uh, Vegas, I'm kind of like on the fence about Vegas because, you know, some of the media would just – you know, talk about Marc-Andre Fleury more, even though he usually had nothing to do with this Stanley Cup run for Vegas right now because Leonard's basically been starting the whole time. So um, I really wouldn't look forward to that. But the two teams I would like are Colorado and Dallas. W- what do you think?
0: So I kind of got used to rooting for the Lightning in this past round because they were up against the Bruins. So naturally, being a Ranger fan, you're not going to root for the Bruins. And yeah. then, you know, you look at the other two teams left in the Eastern Conference, you get the Flyers, you got the Islanders. As a Ranger fan, probably as a Penguin fan too, you're probably not going to root for one of those teams I wouldn't think um yeah and then just the simple fact that former Ranger captain Ryan McDonough is on the Lightning and he's got a chance to win the Stanley Cup. so I mean I know there's a couple other former Rangers you know you got Kevin Hayes on the Flyers Derek Broussard on the Islanders um there's I mean Vladislav Nemesikov I don't really care about him he's on the Avalanche but yeah, but uh, overall, I, mean, I think I would definitely have to root for, uh, for the Lightning just to see McDonough lift the cup. I mean, it would kind of be bittersweet to see him do it with a team other than the Rangers, but McDonough mm-hmm. was awesome, man. It wasn't his fault that the Rangers traded him. The guy was you know, a block shot machine and led the Rangers on some really deep playoff runs. So at this point, I think I got to pull for the Lightning, and then in the Western Conference, I'll pull for the Avalanche a little bit as well.
1: Yeah, Colorado-Tampa t- uh, would be a really fun Stanley Cup final, too. I'm honestly just cool with Tampa versus – Colorado, Dallas, Vegas, just any any one of those three Western Conference teams. I, I don't think Vancouver's going to get there. I think Vancouver's still a couple of years away. Uh, but, yeah, I think I'm basically cool with any final like that. But, you know, since it's 2020, man, we're totally going to get, like, a Stars Islanders born final festival. <laughs> trapping it down.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's what uh, the NHL is looking for because – you know, if you're looking to bring in some new fans, which at least seems possible, you know, everybody's kind of stuck inside these days. I don't know that that's the most exciting uh, Stanley Cup final matchup that you can see. I think, you know, at least in terms of forget about markets, just in terms of style of play. I think Lightning and Avalanche would be what, what the NHL would want to see and what would be most exciting for a casual hockey fan.
1: Yeah, exactly. That Lightning, Avalanche, Lightning, Vegas. That, that would just be just a track meet between two powerhouse teams.
0: Yeah, it would be a lot of fun. Uh, the only other thing I thought we could end on here. Um, so these commercials that we've been forced to watch during these Stanley Cup playoffs, you know which ones I'm talking about? Like the Subway commercial and the one with the Geico commercial, the woman singing I about.
1: I can't. It's just... Dude, you know, I,
0: it's so bad.
1: Especially, so you, know, bad. I, you know, just with um, Ryan Whitney. I, get that commercial off my TV. I change the channel when I, when I see it. Is it the, the Paul Mistanet or Paul Bistinet or whatever the hell that is? It's just like... <laughs> It's so yeah. played, yeah. The subway one is awful. Um, I think the one with David posternak and Kendall Coyne Schofield is just. Have you you've seen that one too? Right, that one is just really, really bad
0: too. Um, yeah, um, I've, just, never, I've never. I've never been forced to. I've never been forced to endure such a vast collection of terrible commercials just over and over and over and over, and over again. the The Paul missed the net one. That one was, uh, I'll give that one a pass. That one was funny like the first two or three times I saw it. By the 70th or 80th time that I've seen it, I'm done with it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. It's just like, it's just like <laughs> more progressive commercials. They just get old after a while. And I just, you know, I, if the NBA is on, I switched it out for three minutes. Or if there's a movie on, I switched it out. I just, I can't watch. I can't watch them. They're so bad.
0: <laughs> it's atrocious. And, you know, definitely keep your uh, your remote handy. That mute button really comes in handy when those commercials yeah. are on. all right well hey hunter this was a ton of fun man um i'm definitely up for doing this again in the off season we'll we'll see what happens with the rangers and the penguins uh but hey yeah enjoy the rest of the stanley cup playoffs and we'll talk soon i'm sure
1: yeah yeah you too man yeah we'll definitely do this as free agency comes in like october or something in the
0: draft too absolutely and uh, ranger fans penguin fans thank you guys so much for tuning in we'll see you guys next time. All right, once again, a big, big thank you to Hunter Hodies of Locked On Pittsburgh Penguins for teaming up here for a really cool crossover episode, and a big thanks to you guys as well for continuing to stick with these podcasts through these crazy times that we're all living in, and if you would like to get in touch with the podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com, and be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.